0: If you are feeling stuck, you're feeling like things don't look according to plan, a bit uncertain, but you do feel a tiny bit of movement within your heart to start something new, to say yes to something big or small, to change directions maybe, or to start doing research about something that God's placed on your heart. I'm so glad you're here today because today's conversation covers all of it and hopefully will give you the courage and the boldness to say yes and to start moving forward. Today's episode is with worship artist and songwriter, Mac Brock. He has some incredible words of wisdom that I think that all of our hearts need to hear today. His season as a musician looks a lot different than maybe he had planned with the songwriting, performing, worship leading, I bet you could picture that his life also has looked a little bit uncertain recently. He's had to switch gears and change directions, just like a lot of us, but has chosen a posture that is so inspiring to me and has encouraged my heart and I hope that it encourages where you are today as well. Mac has been a worship leader for over 15 years and has co-written songs like Oh Come to the Altar, Resurrecting, Here As in Heaven, and Do It Again. And today we're talking a little bit about his new album, Space. It's a live album that was recorded during this year's pandemic in Charlotte, North Carolina. This album is filled with tons of songs to me that remind me that Jesus always creates space for us no matter what our surroundings look like, our past, our current season, our faults or our failures or hangups that God still wants to be with us and will never leave us. And isn't that a message we all need to hear? Mac and his wife Meredith recently said yes to the foster care process. So if you've ever been curious about the foster care process, then you're gonna wanna hang around because he has some beautiful insight into the process and what it's taught him about the Lord and how it shaped and impacted what he does in his music today. But really the overarching theme to this conversation is for the girls who feel stuck, confused about their direction, feel like what they've been called to do and their next step is a little too big for them. Mac has something for you, and we pray that it meets you wherever you are. Mac, welcome are to are Behind the List Podcast. I'm great. Like I said, I'm on my second <laughs> cup of coffee. I'm like, I'm really kicking. And I have a little <laughs> a little buddy inside me right now growing, and he's
1: kicking too. <laughs> he's oh, loving the stop. caffeine. Oh, that's awesome. Congratulations. Yeah.
0: Thanks. Thanks. I'm excited to have you this morning because you get it, all the dad things, and I'm pumped to go into parenting, foster parenting, biological parenting, all the things, music. You cover a lot yeah. of bases.
1: Well, I'm trying. I don't know if I get it all, but uh, we're doing it. <laughs> we're, in the, we're in the middle of it all, whether we get it or not.
0: Yeah, that's right. You're like, I'm committed. Here I am. I'm just going to do the best I can with what I've got, right? Exactly. That's me. Every day, yes. Well, I want you to introduce yourself to people that might not be familiar with Mac Brock.
1: Okay. Um, I am a worship leader from Charlotte, North Carolina. i uh, got an awesome wife, Meredith Brock, who uh, works at Proverbs 31, which is a great ministry here. And I've got two kids, Harvey, who's nine. My daughter, Cyrus, is about to turn six. And then we have a foster son uh, named Baby Z. Baby uh that's Z. been living been living with us uh since the summer.
0: Oh wow. So that I mean like that's just such a fun dynamic and setup especially in 2020 when you're like what else can happen? What else can get added? Like baby Z. <laughs> yeah, what else
1: can be crazier? <laughs> right. Exactly.
0: That's so fun. Okay, and what people might not know is that you recently released a new album, Space. Yes. And I did. man, behind the mic powerhouse for sure. And the ways that you lead people are really extraordinary. And I wanted to honor you for that because a lot of the music that you've sung or led or even co-written have totally changed the game for a lot of people listening. They might, they might just be putting that together for the first time today. So (laughs) honoring you.
1: Well, thank you, Rachel.
0: Totally. I think that you have a really cool perspective for two worlds colliding, parenting, biological and fostering, but then also Mm -hmm. worship. Mm hmm. And as I was kind of processing this, I was like, "Max, got to be the man to talk about all the really cool parallels and revelations you've probably had being impacted as a parent to your child. And I'm sure it's had a huge even impact further on the worship and the music that you create and you lead for people. Mm. I can imagine it does at least. And so I kind of want to hear yeah. the thought process behind all that.
1: I feel like becoming a parent, you know, when I first became a dad nine years ago, uh, that totally changed – uh, so much of my perspective about who God is, uh, the yeah. way God sees me, the, the way I'm received uh, by God, just because of the way that I would look to my son. And, and automatically that shifts, you know, my perspective of like worshiping him and and not only like exalting him, you know, lifting up his name, just like in praise, but also just like just like receiving his goodness in a, in a worship moment, you know, and, re, and kind of receiving his presence yeah. in a, I don't know, in a, like a new way. I think it's shifted a lot of like my songwriting shifted a lot of just even the things that I want to communicate to other people. Um, and so, yeah, it's, I think fatherhood or parenthood in general, shifts a lot of our perspective about our relationship with God. And, I, and I've definitely seen that translate not only in my life, but also just in the in the music that I'm making.
0: One of the things I feel like I talk about with my friends a lot recently, just with us about to step into the role of parenthood as a family and having my friends in a few similar seasons, there's a lot too that's really interesting to this dynamic because we've all grown up with different types of parents right. yet are told like Father God is this is this type of character. And for some people it doesn't it doesn't match up. Like, for some people, you're like, I can't imagine God being gracious and merciful with, you know, the kind of earthly representation I've had my whole life. Or some people have been super blessed and are like, oh, I have no, I'm like, I had an amazing dad growing up. So I'm like, I have no problem making the parallel. Right. I want to hear some specifics on how maybe you've incorporated this into your music to really, truly speak to like the child hearts we have for who our father, God wants to be for us.
1: Right. I think it's, you know, I think you make a good point that there, you know, the spectrum of fathers is so large, you know, (laughs) all of our experiences are different, but that doesn't even necessarily translate to like, even having like a, a good perspective of who God is. Like my parents are amazing. My dad's a pastor. He's been a pastor for, you know, my whole life and grew up in a super healthy home. Uh, he was, they didn't put like a lot of like crazy pressure on me as like a pastor's kid, anything like that. And yet I still, I feel like had a distorted view of God, you know, and it wasn't necessarily translating because I had this weird relationship with my own, my earthly father. It was just kind of, I don't know. It was just my own process. I had this like weird view of like, God is this, annoyed, frustrated, looking down on me from the sky saying like, why are you (laughs) screwing this up again? Why why can't you get this right? Uh, Why can't you get your act together? Like that, that was always like just that image that I had of God. And, you know, I would say that I still, as an adult, I still have to kind of like push against that image. Like I still have to push against like, that's not who God is. That's not the reality. And I have to remind myself of that just because I think it's been like, so like ingrained in my like spirit, you know, like growing yeah. up, yeah. uh, of, of seeing him that way. And, and going back to when I became a dad myself, that's when that started to break a little bit where it started to realize like, man, like the, the love that I have for my son, love that I have for my daughter, uh, isn't, it's not built on anything that they can do. <laughs> or bring to the it's table. not yeah. or bring to the table. They're bringing nothing to you know. Like <laughs> I mean, it's not built on anything that they're giving back to me. It's just like a total, you know, just dumping out of my heart to them. When I started to understand that, um and even from an earthly level, when I started to understand that, and then started to realize, like I can't even grasp the way the, that our heavenly Father sees us. You know, I, I'm not even capable of understanding the depth of, like, the love that he has for us, it really started breaking down that, just those bad habit mentality, you know, things, yeah, Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, and so that's, I don't know, that's been a little bit of, like, my journey, and I, I think it's, like, continuing to do so, it's continuing to, like, I feel like I'm in a constant state of reminding myself, just, like, receive his presence, and receive, like, his mercy, and receive his goodness, like, over my life, and I, and I, we're a family that we're constantly like acknowledging the things that we want to be grateful for, you know, especially like this year, yeah. Yeah. like in 2020, when everything is kind of up in the air, we, we've just reminded ourselves, like, what do we have to be grateful for? What can, what can we be grateful for today? Um, and so just even having that habit is just such a sweet reminder of how like the Lord takes care of his children and he loves his children and He's and he's pouring into us and he's Chasing us and pursuing us. And a lot of the times we don't have to do anything other than just like rest that's right. in his presence and receive his presence.
0: That's right. Absolutely. And I love hearing this. This is such a good reminder for me too, because that is not my inclination <laughs> to rest, <Right. laughs> be a part of his presence. I'm like, that's so foreign and it shouldn't be. I know. But here I am. Yeah. Has this process of kind of re understanding who God is and this new revelation of, who he is, even to you, Max, specifically, had maybe an impact or pulled on the heartstrings to jump into maybe more research or saying yes to fostering? What was that process like for you and your wife?
1: Uh, It's hard for me to even remember like what sparked like the initial conversation. I think it's always kind of been, yeah, yeah, it's always (sighs) kind of been something that Meredith, my wife, has talked about, Um, and I was always pretty intimidated by the idea. Um, I was very much like, uh, I don't know if I can handle that. I don't know if, you know, (laughs) we both. One more kid, are you sure about that? Yeah. (laughs) Right. And Meredith and I both like, we both have kind of weird jobs with weird schedules. That's not like normal. Every day looks kind of the same. We're both kind of all over the place at any given week. And so I was like, I just don't know if like, this is going to fit in our lifestyle. Uh And slowly, but surely, like, I felt like the Lord just started shifting my heart and, and at the very basic level put in, put in my heart to just say yes and say, okay, let's like, at least like move forward with this. And, and let's just put the pieces in into place to where if we do want to do this, we're kind of like have our ducks in a row. Yeah. And so we started, we started the, just the licensing process about a year ago not even sure like, okay, what is this going to look like on the end of this? You know, <laughs> like mm-hmm. when we, when it actually like comes time to like, do it, you think we're going to be ready. And, and just even like through that process, I learned a lot about like what foster care was. I learned a lot about, um, kind of the support that you get and, and the people that are helping you through the process. And so I don't know One one thing that I've, I've said a lot, recently just like through this foster care process is like when the lord like puts something on your heart and and you just are willing to say yes just to be obedient and to say yes he ex- he like expands your bandwidth you know and you might yeah. feel like i have no more room in my life to do x y and z but the moment that you say yes and you're obedient to him he will like expand your capacity he'll expand yeah. your schedule he'll expand like just your energy, whatever it might be. And so just even for us, you know, we've had Z since um, July. And it definitely has changed our schedule. It's changed our flow of life. It's changed uh, the way that Meredith and I have to communicate about our day-to-day stuff. But it hasn't been this overwhelming, like a burden. You know, it hasn't been this like, thing that's like, just like, I don't know how we're doing this. I don't know how we're going to get through the, you know, it's been like, if anything, it's been like a massive blessing in our life. It's been a blessing to see our kids interact with him and love on him. And I don't know for us, it's just been like a really sweet process. And that, you know, that comes with, we have the days where it's crazy and chaotic and we're drained and we're tired. Like we have all those moments. I don't want to paint like a perfect picture. But I think just like when you look at it as a whole, or you kind of take a step back, I'm just realizing like the Lord gives you the grace. He gives you like the peace to kind of do whatever he's put on your heart to do.
0: Yeah. Oh, this is, this is so cool. I was reading through an Advent for Christmas season and it's called The Honest Advent by Scott Erickson. And it's so cool and so good. And one of the things, I think it was the very first day, it talked about how when we so badly like want the Lord's direction, right? Like we're so badly like, Lord, right. tell me what to do. What's our next step? Give me a direction. Give me clear vision. All the things. But then when He does, there's an expectation to do it. <laughs> so sometimes oh, right. the revelation that we want, it's actually it's actually a a holy burden to us. Of like, okay, well now yes. I must do it because I asked for it. And it kind of sounds like this is exactly what happened to your family of a, this is just our next step. We're just going to take a step in obedience, not knowing necessarily destination or the timing or logistical details, but it's a, it's a yes. And we have revelations that happen in our lives every day if we wanted to, to see them. It's just a matter of, are we going to open our eyes to the obedience that it calls us to after, after we've realized what Rachel's called to. And after Mac, you've realized what you've been called to.
1: Right. And I've learned so much about even like the little yeses that we say to God, you know, like, yeah, there's, there's a lot of times like where the Lord, I don't know. Sometimes I think I'm trying to think of how to say this, but it's like, sometimes we view like the Lord as like, when, when we say that he's like put something on our heart, it's like the biggest thing imaginable or it's like a life direction change, like a life altering decision, like a job change or, you know, whatever it might be, like something massive. And I think that I've learned like, man, there's so many just like little things that the Lord like might put on your heart that if you can start like just like walking in that direction, he'll start making it clearer and clearer what what the big thing is, you know, sure. yeah. it's, it's like for, you know, for us with foster care, it wasn't like, we felt like the Lord was like, we're, I'm going to change the dynamic of your family. I want you to do, you know, foster this many kids and go like, it wasn't like that. It was like, this is something that I feel like is, is very heavy on our hearts of like, I feel like it's oppressing from the spirit. So let's just say yes to the little thing of, starting the process to get licensed, you know? Yeah. And then and then through that process, we, we start learning more. We start get, getting like just more information of like what that would look like. And the Lord starts opening our capacity and expanding our bandwidth. And then eventually it might lead to like the big thing of saying yes, like accepting a foster kid into our home. Um, but man, like it's a lot longer of a process than just that one like big decision, yes or no. Are you going to do it? Or are you not going to do it? You know?
0: Amen. It's more yes. of just like a journey. Totally a journey. And what's so cool about that, this might sound really twisted, but I'm just going to be, I'm going to be the bad Christian and say it. But sometimes for me, it takes like... Man, not that God has to prove himself to me by any means, but it is those small little testimonies and those small yes moments. that I'm like, okay, God, I see you. Like you're for real. like yeah. You mean it. And no, it makes the true. bigger yeses easier to say yes to. But if like all of a sudden, you know, you haven't walking in obedience, you're not in a connection or alignment with God or, or the Holy Spirit, and you feel a little bit lost when those big moments do come, it can be overwhelming because you're like, shoot. Right. Like, I don't even know. I don't even know if I can trust this God. I don't even, you know. Yep.
1: Yeah. And that's going back to what I was saying about like we try to be a a grateful family uh, and talk about the things that we're grateful for. Uh, My wife is really, really good at this and has kind of helped me become good at this of writing down all the, you know, big things, little things that the Lord has like done for us over the years, you know, because it's, it's so easy to get blinded by like what's right in front of you. And to feel lost and to feel hopeless or to feel like directionless or whatever. Or going back to what you said, like feeling like, I don't know if I can trust this God. But when you write down these things and you have like a tangible notebook or a tangible something to go back and like see like all like the little ways that the Lord has like shown up in your life, um, that's such a that's such a gift when you're in the moment where you don't know what to do, or you don't know if like the Lord is going to show up, uh, is to be able to look back and to say like, oh no, remember when he showed up here. Remember when he showed up yeah. here, remember, you know, all those little things. It's just so helpful for our spirit to have that kind of catalog.
0: Oh, totally. I'm like, I need to come up with my own catalog. <laughs> our family needs a catalog. We need a journal to keep all these things in. Cause yeah, it's true. It's in your mind. But in those moments, I cannot rely on Rachel's brain. To can't lie. remember them. Right. No, you can't. And you're like, I know this has worked out before. Oh yeah. I know one of my favorite patterns I see on this podcast all the time and it's really truly ministered to me just talking to friends like you is this idea that um, <laughs> what you think you maybe you're called to or not that you're on the other side of foster care process because it's still ongoing but you know let's take a trip back two years ago where this might not have been something you'd ever seen yourself or your family doing right. Physically. I just think it's so cool because I heard you say, I don't know if this is going to fit into my lifestyle, but a lot of the stories we have here on Behind the Bliss are callings that we're not quite sure are going to fit into our lifestyle, but yeah, God shows up and makes it work. right? And how he, man, he just does so much with our faithfulness. Even like I said, scripture says size of a mustard seed. And so when we can show up and we say, okay, Lord, I'm ready, like expand whatever it is that they're that you have for me. I'm ready to receive it. Just the coolest things can happen. And then it mm-hmm. it becomes less about me, you know, and right. less about you. It comes more about the God who made it happen than us who just worked it out on our yeah, own. Exactly. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. That's so good.
0: I want to look into this specific calling of foster care and ask you a few questions because we have had some people okay. that have been interested in this and either about foster care adoption process one or both yeah, and what it kind of looks like really to open up your home to someone who like we do <laughs> come with nothing right or come with like a literal trash bag of things hmm. and you get to open up your heart and open up your home and create a safe space for them which is really what we're called to do through the gospel anyways <laughs> foster parenting or not right yeah. but what is something that maybe the Lord's taught you through that specific process that you think could maybe encourage a listener who this has kind of been like a heart pain for them for a while.
1: Probably the biggest thing is what I've said before about the, the capacity and the bandwidth and how the Lord will like yeah. make a way in your life when you're like obedient to him. Um, I also just think, I don't know. I, I've just learned through this process, just like even through like the licensing and all that stuff, just how much they're of a need there is, um, for foster families, and how much. I don't know. There's just there's a big need. There's a need, yeah. And, the, and there's a lot of kids that just need to be loved and they need to be taken care of, and and that's a that's a high calling, but that's like kind of like what, you know, the church as a whole is like called to do. Right. Um, very specifically like in the Bible, you know. Widows to, and orphans. <laughs> yep, widows and orphans. Yeah. And, and, and and it's such a this is a tangible way for for us to do that and to kind of like step into that calling. Um yeah, so I mean that's that was like the, a big thing for us. And it, and for me, it wasn't, I don't know. It it wasn't out of like a conviction for me, you know? Cause like, I, I didn't feel like this like guilt or this, uh, man, I have to put my money where my mouth is and like, do it, you know, step up and do it. It really was like, I was incredibly intimidated by it. Only thing I knew about foster care was, was like, uh, little orphan Annie, You know, like, it felt like this, like, really, like, dark, like, all all that I had known about, like, foster families or foster homes was, like, from, like, TV and movies. And it just felt like a really crazy system. It doesn't have to be be like that. And I don't know. I keep coming back to what I said before of, of, like, say this, like, little yes. Like, I want to at least, like, learn more about it. What's the process like? How can we, like, step into it? And the more I learned about it, I learned about – uh just even all the things that were like intimidating to me weren't as scary, you know? Right. Um, And like one like small example is I knew like our limitations of, we have a nine-year-old, we have a five-year-old. We didn't want to introduce like a teenager into our home yet, you know? Right. And so I'm like kind of freaked out of like, all right, well, if we become foster parents, are we just, is that even like an option? And just even the fact of like learning of like, no, you can tell, your uh, social worker, like, hey, here's what our family is capable of mm-hmm. doing. Mm-hmm. You know, we can take like five and under. You know, and and that might sound like silly uh, to like put that parameter. It's something that we felt as a family, like this is what we feel capable of doing. This is what we feel like we can offer. And there's still like a massive need for that. Right. You know, yeah. and there's a massive need for for kids five and under. And We could say yes to that. Right. And it wasn't like we were saying yes to like every case scenario, every child that was, you know, that was in foster care, like our door was just like wide open. We were able to say like, no, here's what we're capable of doing. And then also realizing like, man, there's a lot of people that are specifically called to. Foster teenagers, or foster, you know.
0: Yeah, and we're able to make a responsible yes decision because I think a lot of times what we think is just like a flippant, yeah, sure, like I'm gonna go with the wind. And I think that that's beautiful, and that is for some people. But there are some decisions that I think the Lord wants us to have stewardship and a say so in because yes, therefore we have more of that burden, like ownership feeling, although we don't own the decision because it's totally in His hands. But If we just said yes to everything flippantly, I think like the intimacy of the decision would be lost in my opinion.
1: Yeah. And, and, and also that might change, you know, and like, again, again, with those like little yeses, like is, you know, a year from now, we might feel more confident of like we can handle more. We can, you know, we can do more because like our, I don't know, like our capacity has grown even more, you know, our understanding of how to do this has grown. And so I don't I don't know what it even looks like a year from now, but I know where we're at specifically today. Um, and it's been awesome. It's been yeah. such a gift, you know?
0: Such a gift. And like you're saying, just the Lord ex- expanding your heart and giving you grace and new gifts and talents, I think truly is having a mark on all the other things that you touch in your life, including mm. your music and your new album, Space, which I kind of want you mm. to speak to for a second about the heart behind that, especially... Wow. I'm like all my friends in music right right now. I'm just kind of wondering, I mean, praise, <laughs> God for, <laughs> fra- praise God for you because we need music in 2020 if we've ever needed music before. But also I can imagine, and I know for a fact from some of my other friends in the music industry that it's just so different. Like you can't go on tour. Like recording right. looks different. Like everything is just so interesting. I kind of just want to hear... I want to have like a piece of space that maybe I wouldn't have been able to get on my own. Tell me about it.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely been a a gnarly year and like as a worship leader, uh, leading worship in a room full of people is, is the thing that I've missed the most in 2020. Um, and then on top of that, trying to make a worship album when you don't have people to lead, is kind of weird. Uh, but for us we kind of I don't know we we pivoted and we adjusted and and I shifted this album at least for the experience of it um I kind of approached it to where I surrounded myself we we captured this album back in August and we just had a day where we got together and we worshiped together and it wasn't like a video shoot or like even like an album recording where we were Doing one song 10 times and then we go on to the next song and we do that 10 times. It was very much like, let's get together and let's just capture a worship moment, even though it's just us, you know? And so I surrounded myself with like people that were important to me in my life, from the band to the video crew to the production crew to I had some friends and family that were just there in the room praying with us and kind of interceding with us. And we just captured that and it wasn't like a it wasn't a normal worship experience where you know you have a room full of people and there's just like you know that massive energy of of voices but it became like one of the most special days for me and all day long like I was I was very much like just so grateful for the Lord in that moment and in that room that we were <laughs> recording in and it became like one of the most special recordings like I've ever been a part of. Uh, and so it's a it's kind of like a, a live offering expression to God. Um, it just looks different because it's 2020 and, and because of the pandemic. Uh, but it, it really turned out to be like one of the I don't know, one of the best like live captures wow. that I've had. That's cool. It
0: sounds like it was more from an overflow than from a, like, okay, it's time to, you know, do the song again, or take two, take It
1: three. really was, and, and I don't know if it's, uh, yeah, that that's a great way to put it, because it felt, it just felt so natural, and it felt so uh, stress-free, <laughs> and, and I don't even really know what to pinpoint that to. It just felt, I don't know, it, it felt very, like, in tune with with the Lord and felt like this is just like an offering that we're lifting up to Him, and and not a lot of I don't know weird baggage that might come along with it it was was just really special
0: wow that is so special I was trying to find it and I'm so glad that I did (laughs) there's a verse that you keep reminding me of every time you say like you know little yeses expanding what you already have is what God can do when you say yes like that kind of thing Isaiah (laughs) 54 2 it says, um, this is ESB version, enlarge your place of the tent and let the curtains of your yes. habitations be stretched out. Don't hold back, yes. lengthen the cores and strengthen your stakes. Love that. And I think that should be a prayer of all of our hearts right now. It's like, Lord, I don't want to look back and, you know, when I'm telling my grandchildren about the year 2020, I be like, oh, y'all, what a waste. I want to look yeah. back and be like, look at what God did. Even when, even as the world was crumbling before our eyes and we were so disappointed or felt defeated, like this is, this is how I was expanded. And right. I think there's, there's dreams, callings, opportunities, big and small yeses on a lot of our listeners' hearts. And I hope that if they take anything away from all that you've had to say, it's just that it, it doesn't. It doesn't start with the big. Yeah. It totally starts with the small.
1: And I would also say, like, I love that verse too. And I love that it's kind of like two ideas of, you know, enlarging your tent and strengthening your stakes. And sometimes we're in, in seasons where we're doing one or the other. Mm-hmm. And I feel like for 2020, for a lot of people, that was a year where their, their enlargement of their tent stopped, <laughs> you know, where they, they couldn't expand anymore. Um, but man, like what a good season to like start strengthening your stakes and start digging deep into like what the Lord has for you and your family or whatever it might be. And I know for us, that, that's the way the, the pandemic felt early on this year. You know,
0: yeah. we're
1: all trapped in our houses. We're not doing anything. Uh, and so how can we like use this time to like really like dig deep in our family and create like, I don't know just strengthen the stakes of our our kids and strengthen the stakes of our marriage. Um, and then when it comes time to like expand the tents, you feel like you have like a little bit of even a better foundation.
0: Yes. Oh man, that's good. I need to hear that. <laughs> totally. Because <laughs> I feel like sometimes my tent shrinks and I'm like, no, 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 no.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. I feel like too. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like, what are you doing? We've worked so that's hard. Why, I here. mean,
1: I, yeah, honestly, like that's, that's the way it's been in a lot of, You know, when I look at just, when you talk about like the music industry or just like the, (laughs) the world that I'm in and so much of that has like shrunk this year and, and it's kind of been weird for us because like, when I look at, I don't know, when I, when I talk to Meredith and we kind of like look at our lives, like this year, as hard as it's been from a career standpoint or from like, this is, you know, this is what I do is like, large gatherings lead people right. you know yeah. like all that's kind of like been stripped away man like the year as a whole has been like it's been really really sweet for us and it's been like a really positive season you know
0: Defining. and there's definitely
1: yeah. yeah there's there's definitely maybe like anxiety or stress about like the future that kind of comes along with like well i don't know what, where, where we're gonna go what we're gonna do but we've been able to just kind of like rest in like the the good things of this year, and and overall, like has, has been like very, I don't know, just like very positive.
0: Praise God, He can yeah. work all things together for the good of those who love Him Yeah. are called according yes. to His purpose, always. Man, so good. I love asking this question. This is one of my favorites, and <laughs> I'm like, I always joke. I'm like, going from talking about expanding our tent poles and like strengthening our stakes to this question is going to sound really silly, but it's a lot of fun. What's okay. <laughs> something that you're loving these days that you have to share with the people? It could be anything.
1: It can be like silly or like not. Uh, it could be not silly. Super. Like
0: we've literally had Netflix shows. We've had Amazon favorites. Yeah, Every so I was favorite. gonna
1: say I was gonna say Queens Gambit on Netflix. Stop. Was like we just the best show it. that we watched all year long. Oh, Me so and my funny. wife loved it.
0: It was, the first few episodes I will disclose like are kind of sketchy. Do they make you feel feel weird? (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah. I I know it's kind of hard. Like, I I don't want to like totally endorse it (laughs) fully. Yeah, right. But it it actually was like really good, and I think honestly, yeah, we 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 really loved it.
0: Oh, we liked it too. I don't want to give away too much, but like it was one of those shows that it can end the way it ended and I'm happy about it. Exactly. Like it was such a good, well-rounded show. You're like, man, I really enjoyed that. Not a, we're season two, like hanging on (laughs) your, hang on. I'm like, We've had too much hanging on the cliff these days. I just need some closure. And (laughs) Queen's Gambit gave it to me. I'm grateful for it.
1: Yeah, we, yeah, we loved it. (laughs) We went through it in about like three days.
0: So cool, yeah. So if y'all are looking for a new Netflix show, Queens Gambit. Yes. <laughs> like, but don't tell people Mac and Rachel told you <laughs> right. about it. If you start getting weird,
1: leave our names out. Yeah,
0: it. I love it. <laughs> well, Mac, thank you so much for sharing just all your wisdom behind the scenes. I'm so grateful for all of the things that you shared. I I truly am leaving so inspired and honestly grateful that other other people are feeling the same way I feel about. Yes to gratefulness. Yes to small steps. It's okay that we feel like a little bit shrunk, but God always, but God. Yes.
1: Yes. Rachel, this has been so fun. Thanks for having me.